You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 73. Seriously? This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, guess what, that is you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it is great to be with you today for episode number 73, titled Goals-Based financial planning. We're going to get into that in just a second, but first, just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for tuning in all that you have. If this is your first time or you're a long-time listener, I'm just happy you decided to listen to this podcast today. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I host All Pro Dad's Day at my kids' elementary school every single month during the school year. It's just a way for dads and kids to get together and eat donuts and talk about how to be better dads. And today's topic was about trust. So at All Pro Dads today, we talked about communication with your kids and how as they get older... The communication starts to cut off more and more. But if you can somehow keep your kids engaged and you can get them to trust you and continue to respect and hold that trust, that communication will last a lifetime. And we watched a great, great video about dad saving little kids as they were riding their bikes or falling down in the last moment saving them it was a super cool video but how how can we relate that back to best and wealth how can we relate that back to our finances or our investing well when i think about trust when it comes to finances. It's if you're married or have a significant other, it is trust with your finances. I bet you just about everyone listening to this show has fibbed about how much money they spent on something to their significant other. Come on. Don't tell me you have it. There has to have been at least at least one time. Come on, this is this is therapy session right now. So come on, come on and admit it. Maybe you're in your car listening to it. Just admit that you have kept something from your spouse before about money. But I'm here to tell you, you do that too much. Or even if you do it once and get busted, that could be detrimental to the trust in your relationship as it relates to your finances. Because when we're open and honest about our finances, well, that's when we can start working on things together. You know, my wife and I, we struggled with this in the past. And so we've, we've formed a couple of rules 
to help us. And I've done a whole episode on this in the past. So uh, if you want, go back to bestandwealth.com and search all the episodes. I did an episode on communication with your spouse about money. Look that one up. You know, if I was a really good podcast host, I would tell you which episode to go to, but I I haven't looked that up, so you're just going to have to do the research yourself. But all 73 episodes are posted at bestandwealth.com, or you go to your favorite podcast app and search through the different episodes. So one of the basic things that my wife and I did early on is we set a rule that said if we're going to spend more than $100 on something, well, besides groceries or, you know, if we had to get essentials at Target or something, but if we were going to spend over 100 bucks on on something that we would consider non-discretionary, something that wasn't needed, we we said, well, we're going to have a conversation around that hundred plus dollars. That was that was one of the rules that we put into place. I mean, I took it all the way to the nth degree when it came to communication, but that's just that's just how I am. I mean, my wife and I used to have monthly summits about how we were going to spend our money the following month, and we would even have mini summits. and And I got into all this and in older podcasts, and I'll probably revisit it because it's such an important topic. But the bottom line is, let's communicate with our spouses about our finances, because what I'm about to talk about, we will never be able to move forward in our quest for retirement or financial freedom if we're not open and honest with each other about what we're doing or how we feel about our money now or where we want to go with our army of dollars. So let's get into that in the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Goals-based financial planning. I'm going to explain what that is and why I think it's the preferred method we use when we're trying to achieve financial freedom. So really, there's two different philosophies in financial planning, and I'm going to go through both of them. One of them is the cash flow financial planning, and the other is goals-based financial planning. They both have some of the same components, two major components. Number one is the savings component, and number two is the focus of future spending. So let's first talk about cash flow-based financial planning as it comes to the savings component. So in cash flow planning, Here's here's how you come up with the savings component. Your savings equal your income minus your taxes minus your spending. Whatever is left over is your savings. It, It sounds simple enough until you realize all the different things that you need to be aware of in order to come up with that savings number. Because first with income, We need to know our wages, dividends, interest, capital gains, rental income, IRA distributions, state tax refunds, social security benefits, trust distributions, royalties, annuities, farm income, and any other income that you might have. That's coming up with the income. It's not only coming from your paycheck. So from the income, we need to deduct taxes. And in order 
For us to do that, we need to know what our charitable giving is, our state and local tax rate, our real estate taxes, medical and dental expenses, casualty and theft expenses, foreign tax credits, recapture taxes, household employment taxes, unreimbursed business income, the miscellaneous expenses above the 2% AGI. And let's hope, let's just hope you're not subject to alternative minimum tax because then we need to figure that out as well. That's your taxes, okay? Income minus taxes. So that was the easy part. Now we need to subtract your spending. And let me tell you, when I'm meeting with couples, there's usually about a 12% chance that these folks know what they're spending. And I don't, I don't blame them at all. Most people don't know. And quite honestly, a lot of people, they don't need to know. Okay? If they're accomplishing everything they want to accomplish, they're doing just fine. But a lot of people, they just don't know where they're at. I mean, I talk to all kinds of people who are saving maybe 6 or 10% of their paycheck in retirement, but they don't really have an idea of when they can retire, whether it's 55 or 60 or never. So spending, the next part of cash flow-based financial planning is figuring out the spending, which includes housing, utilities, grocery, car payments, insurance, credit cards, clothing, entertainment, club dues, household items, vacation, gifts, health care, hobbies, dining out, dry cleaning, beauty, child care, pet care, miscellaneous expenses, all of it. Do you know what all of your spending is on a monthly basis? And then let's make sure that we capture all those things that are uh, only deducted from our checking accounts on a yearly basis or biannual basis or quarterly basis. Those are the ones that we usually miss. So coming up with savings, which equals income minus taxes minus spending, is a little bit more difficult than you might think. And cash flow-based financial planning, that savings number is the amount then that is assumed that you'll be saving on a yearly basis. But here's the problem with that scenario. It isn't how much you're saving, it's the maximum you could be saving because I guarantee you that after making a first run through all of these different spending expenses, taxes, and income, that you're going to be wrong. I mean, did you add up that $4 latte from Starbucks that you go get every single morning? Do you know all the different things that your wife or your husband are spending on a daily or weekly basis? You know, that stuff that you don't know about because you're not having conversations about it. Do you know all of these spendings? I bet you do not know. So it really is the maximum you could save, not how much you actually will save. So contrast that with goals-based investing. Instead of going through all of those expenses, I simply ask the question to you, how much are you saving currently? That's what I want to know. And in order to figure that out, it's a lot less draining and you're more likely to continue on with the financial planning. Because really, how much are you saving is just how much in your 401k, including the match. And the match sometimes can be the most difficult thing because people don't know how much their employer is matching. But it doesn't take that much to figure that out. 
How much are you saving in your 401k along with the match? How much are you saving in your IRAs, in taxable accounts, in tax-deferred accounts? Boom, you're done. That's how much you're saving. It's so much easier to come up with that and so much more accurate. You see, most people will not engage in financial planning, so making it as easy as possible is step number one for sure. So that's the first component, but I mentioned there are two components to financial planning. The second is the focus on future spending. So let's talk about, you know, and when I say future spending, though, I mean your goals. A lot of people, if they're getting close to retirement, it's your retirement goal. Okay, when can you retire? But this really can apply to any goal that you might have. College saving goal, goal for saving for a house or a car or whatever. Well, let's look at the two strategies, cash flow and goals based, and see how both of these apply. So when we're looking at future spending in the cash flow based financial planning. It all begins and ends with one question. And that question is, how much income do you need in retirement? So if I'm the advisor, I'm asking you that question. You're the client. Now, the pressure's all on you to come up with what I call the number. And how are you going to come up with the number? Well, the first thing you need to do is Make sure you got all your bills set and your expenses, your uh, non-discretionary expenses set for your, let's just say, retirement spending. And next, you need to have the nice-to-have income, like travel, golf, new cars in retirement, kids' weddings, whatever those things are. Just add them all up. And then come back to your advisor. Come back to me and give me the number because that's what I need. Here's the problem is what if the number is not enough to fully fund everything that you want to do? So I'm forced to come back to you and say, well, you have the capability of funding 74%. And so after I say that, you're looking at me saying, what the heck does that mean? Am I going to starve in retirement? Am I not going to, am I going to lose the house? I mean, there's no way to have an intelligent conversation around your future spending in the cash flow based philosophy. So what about goals based coming up with future spending in retirement? Well, in goals-based investing, it all comes down to your vision of retirement. And your vision can be separated further into needs, wants, and wishes. That's number one. And listen, I'm not telling you that it's easy to come up with what you want to accomplish in retirement. But the closer that you get to retirement, the easier that it becomes And the more of a reason you need a goals-based advisor to help you uncover what these goals might be, to have conversations around the things you want to accomplish in retirement. And the hardest part is when you have a couple in a room and they both have a different vision or they've never talked about their vision before. 
And then I get them talking and one's like, well, man, I never even thought you wanted to do that. That's interesting. I like that too, but I just didn't know that. It helps facilitate this communication and trust. I think it is awesome when I have a couple in a room and they become more and more in tune with each other each and every time that we meet. So they become on the same page. That they've been working their entire life at these goals of raising the kids and getting them off to college and saving for our retirement, but never really had thoughtful conversations surrounded with what that might look like, what the vision of retirement might look like. So me helping to facilitate that is an awesome experience. That's that's number one in goals base is coming up with your vision. Number two is diving in to the details a little bit more. We can come up with a basic living expense two different ways, by using cash flow or by just using averages versus the income that they're making today. But then let's dig down deep into some goal details. Oh, you want to travel. How often do you want to travel? Where are the places that you want to go? Because it's a lot different than wanting to take one trip one year for one week in Florida than wanting to travel around the world every year on a, a you know five-month cruise or something like that. They're vastly different goals. Let's dig down and get some more details on the goals. Oh, you, you like lease a new car every three years. Is that something that you plan on doing in retirement? Or do you plan on driving a car for 10 or 15 years and then replacing it with another used car that might cost you ten or $15,000? Or are you going to replace it with a new car? What is it about your transportation during retirement? Oh, you like to golf, do you? How often do you like to golf? Where do you like to golf? And the list goes on and on. And man, this is so great when I have couples in a room and they start to realize that their visions are different, but then they start to compromise and we really break out travel. And so every other year, we might be going to Florida for two months, but but then on those opposite years, we might be going to Europe for two months and that might fulfill each goal for each individual in a compromise. Okay, so step three in, in really digging into these goals then is figuring out the importance of each goal. So let's, let's rate these in order. Is travel number one and golf number two? And maybe a new car every three years is number three. What are the priorities of each of these goals? Let's put them in a prioritized order together with your significant other. And the more I'm able to dig, the more meaningful this goals-based plan becomes. The last thing that you do is just figure out the cost of each of these goals in today's dollars. Oh, we know that it costs $5,000 to live in a condo in Florida for three months during the winter because we hate these Milwaukee winters, these Wisconsin winters. All right, well, now we have a cost to that goal. Let's put a cost to each of these goals in today's dollars because once once I have all of this information, well, now we can figure out a couple of things. We can figure out first the good news. 
The good news is you're not going to run out of money. We have enough money in this plan, the way it operates right now, where you're going to cover all of your living expenses, all of your health care. You know, travel was your number one goal. You're going to be able to accomplish that. Golf was number two. You got it. But you know what? Replacing your car every three years with a new car doesn't look like you have a high probability of being able to achieve that goal. Or maybe there's two or three goals that you might not be able to achieve. So now now we can have a conversation around these goals because now a client has two different choices. We can either save more right now, which might mean sacrificing something, in order to achieve these goals later on. Because whatever we're sacrificing right now is less important to me than being able to have a new car every three years or being able to go on this long golf trip every year with my buddies, whatever the case might be. Maybe we want to save more now. Or maybe there's not even a lot we have to cut out. We just have to reposition our assets or something like that. But saving more is one thing. And here's another thing that can happen. Maybe you're like, well, you know what? I don't want to sacrifice my life right now. But this this new car every single year, that's not not that important to me. I'm okay with foregoing that. That, my friends, in a nutshell, is goals-based So now you know. You know that there's two philosophies when it comes to financial planning. The cash flow philosophy and the goals-based philosophy. I favor the goals-based philosophy. But you know what? I would be happy just to know that you're using one of these philosophies and not becoming victim of the drift. And for those of you who don't know, becoming victim of the drift is just prodding along in life and saving just a little bit for your retirement, but not even knowing when or how you're going to be able to retire. That is becoming victim of the drift. But if you can come up with a good goals-based plan, well, now you're set on a course, on a course to financial freedom. So in a goals-based plan, you're asking the question or trying to get the, this question answered. Can I play golf? Can I go to Europe every year? Can I go to Arizona for two months during the winter? That's a goals-based plan. Why? That's why I like that plan. It's so meaningful. On the other hand, the cash flow plan is just, am I going to get to my number? What is the number? And the number doesn't really mean anything. I don't feel anything, which makes me less apt to go after it. Which financial planning do you use? Or do you use any at all? Because the big thing is, if you don't, I think you should highly consider a goals-based plan. You know, investing, and we talk about investing so much on this show. I've, I've, I've over-talked about it in the last, you know, six or seven episodes. But all of this stuff is just as important as the financial aspect. And if 
you feel like you are victim of the drift right now, I want you to send me an email, scott at bestandwealth.com, and just say, I think I'm victim of the drift. I will give you some pointers and some tips on how to start moving your goals-based financial plan forward. Maybe you want help with that financial plan. I am here to help you with that. The big thing is, though, my friends, start planning today. Do not become victim of the drift. All right, that's it. My time is up. I hope that you guys have learned something. I hope that you will begin planning right away. And I will see you. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a great, great week. See ya. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.